Welcome to 2023 and another episode of the Preventive Medicine Podcast. If you are brand new here, my name is Dr. Raghav Sharma. I am a physical medicine and rehabilitation uh, resident physician. I'm in my second year, which means I still have about two years to go, but I've been doing this podcast for about three years now and explore various topics related to preventive medicine from kind of every aspect available and as evidence-based as possible. That can be tough sometimes, but that's what I try to do. If this is your first time listening to this podcast, then thank you for tuning in. We have so many more episodes. I believe this is episode number 68, which means there are 67 episodes that you can go listen to. We've talked about episodes anywhere and topics anywhere from nutrition to exercise to kind of how to approach a new client if you're a personal trainer. We've talked about things from the GI perspective as far as gut health, as far as even bariatric surgery. We've talked about how the environment affects kind of our health and social determinants of health. We've talked to cardiologists. We've talked to gynecologists. We've talked to everyone. And we've gathered a lot of perspectives related to prevention. So if there's a topic you're interested in, chances are we've probably recorded an episode close to it. And if not, then like I'll discuss later in this episode, please get in touch with me and I will try to make that episode a reality. But now let's get into this intro. Overcoming saber-toothed tigers and woolly mammoths, we must now face a new enemy, ourselves. With the rates of diseases such as heart disease, stroke, diabetes, depression, and many others ballooning, we must find a better solution to these modern epidemics. Welcome to the Preventive Medicine Podcast. We believe in building a foundation of health by means of prevention so that you can build the life you want and find fulfillment with no barriers. Hear from experts around the country on how to take your health into your hands. Take control and build a foundation of health for the life that you want to live. And now, here's your host, Raghav Sharma. Welcome back to another year of the podcast. And I started this podcast in the year of 2020, and it's now 2023, um, which means that it has been quite a while. And like I've said, there have been 67 total episodes to date. Now, I'm going to uh, break this episode since the first one of 2023 a little bit into kind of a year in review of the podcast, a little bit about myself, a year in review and kind of what the plans are for the future. And then we will start talking about goals for the new year because it might be a little bit late. We're a little bit, we're about a weekend, but we are still talking about New Year's goals. So we'll talk about resolutions, all those different kinds of things when it comes to health. So let's get into it. But first, we're going to talk about this podcast in a year in review. So in 2022, I released 24 total podcast episodes. Now, that is just shy of the current goal that I have of 26 episodes or a bi-weekly release, but there's been a lot of things that happened in 2022 as far as the podcast, as far as my personal um, life and how that affects this podcast. So um, a little bit short of the ball there, but not too bad. And in previous years, the goal was kind of to do one episode weekly, so we're definitely um, still creating episodes. We're looking forward to a hundred episodes should happen this year. Hopefully, if not, then it'll happen in early 2024, but there've been some absolutely incredible episodes. And like I talked about in the, um, introduction, then make sure you go listen to a lot of those episodes. If you are a new listener, but our top episodes from this past year, let's see, let's see if you can guess if you've been avid listener, think about all the episodes that we've had and take a guess of what you think our top episodes are. For me, it was actually quite a bit of a surprise, and I did not think that these episodes would be the top, but the number one episode that was released from the Preventive Medicine Podcast in the year of 22, drumroll, was Dealing with Burnout, um, an ICU Physician Tells All by Dr. Jeremy Topin, um, and this episode was very interesting. So 
Um, this episode came off of me doing an ICU rotation and this physician uh, previously having worked in that same ICU, but now had kind of retired, moved on um, due to burnout. So in this episode, we kind of talked about his journey as an ICU physician. We talked a little bit about prevention in the ICU because why not? And then we talked about burnout. We talked about strategies that he was using and kind of the story of what happened about why he burnt out. Um, and the strategies that he used to kind of cope with that, to escape from that, and how he's come to find what he calls work-life balance. So that episode is great for all of you physicians out there who are just kind of struggling with work-life balance. You can go hear about a firsthand account of someone who did struggle with it um, quite a bit and almost left, uh, had him leaving medicine. So there's some in that episode. There's a lot of other episodes out there that we also cover similar topics, including, uh, I believe, our first one ever, which was with a psychiatrist. Um, I'm blanking on his name right now because that was a long time ago, but make sure you go check those episodes out. The number two episode, another drum roll, please, was the dogma of diets and nutritional history with Alan Flanagan. Now, this one was really interesting to me. I thoroughly enjoyed that conversation because it's something that we don't really talk about. We talk about nutrition a lot, um, whether on this podcast or on Instagram or wherever else. And if you're listening to this podcast, you probably have some interest in nutrition, but we never think about the dogma of these diets and where these diets come from and the history. And then in this episode, um, Alan Flanagan really is a history buff. He has read so much on history. He's really good at that. Um, so we kind of talk about nutrition and history and how some people just kind of follow their diets no matter what and call them to fall into this dogma versus any sort of rational thought. So it's a really interesting and thought-provoking episode. I would highly suggest listening to it if you have not already. And the third and uh, the third place episode from 2022, another drum roll, please is are we really in control of our diet with Dr. Stephen Guyanet? Um, that one was also fascinating. Now, um, Dr. Guyanet has written books on this. Um, I believe it's called The Hungry Brain is his book. Um, and it really talks about, are we in control of our diet? Am I consciously in control of what I'm putting in my mouth? Or are there a lot of other factors that go into it? Spoiler alert, there may be some other things and I might not have 100% control. In that episode, we talk about kind of the obesity epidemic, how it's become the way it is, if there's one single thing to blame for the obesity epidemic. And we talk about kind of uh, very much like the episode with Alan Flanagan, a lot of the background and context behind the way that we eat and the factors that influence the way we eat, whether it's societal, psychological, um, environmental, or if it's even financial. We discuss all the topics and how it relates to our diet. And this is an episode that really opens your mind up into kind of, what is it, lack of willpower for why people um, gain weight or not able to control their diet. So very interesting episode. I highly, highly suggest checking out all three of those, if not many of the more that we have from this uh, last year. Like I said, there's 24 total episodes and all of them have phenomenal guests and phenomenal topics. So definitely go check them out. As far as some quick stats here, um, I don't really talk too much about stats here, but one thing really kind of stood out to me, and that is that 75% of you who listen to this show, that means you who's listening to this right now, listen to at least 75% of every show. A little confusing, I know. But basically what that means is that a large percentage of you listen to a large percentage of every show, which means thank you. Thank you. That means this episode, uh, the content from all of our episodes is fairly decent. You all enjoy it. That means I'm doing a good job. So it's kind of some validation for me for whoever my listeners are, are very in tune with it and love it. And thank you so much for that. I hope to continue bringing that kind of quality. Um, 
Some other things that shocked me as I was looking at statistics from 2022 was that this podcast reached people from all over the planet. And when I say all over, I don't mean like all over North America. I'm kind of North America based uh, in Wisconsin right now, but it's not just people within America, Canada, Mexico. It's people from all over the globe. And we had listeners, um, at least 100 listeners or 100 downloads from places such as Nigeria, Poland, South Africa, and Saudi Arabia. Those were just some of the ones that stood out to me, but we have listeners from all across the world, which is absolutely amazing. If you are a listener and you are not listening from North America, please give me a shout out or um, let me know where you're from. I want to hear from you. I want to see who is listening to this podcast. So that is completely mind blowing to me. Thank you so much for making me a part of your lives and for making my content and information a part of your lives. So that's it. I'm not going to talk anymore about stats. I don't really like talking about that much because I am here for the content and here for the preventive medicine. So a little bit about myself because this podcast is kind of my podcast and it heavily depends on the things that are going on in my life. So like I said, um, in 2022, there was a lot going on and this was one of the reasons that there weren't as many episodes that I'd previously kind of hoped for or kind of promised my apologies, um, for 2022. So like I said, there's 24 episodes and there's a lot of good reasons for it being a lower year. And number one, that is because I was beginning my kind of intern year of residency. So when I started this podcast, I was still in medical school, which means, um, it's really easy to have your own schedule and to kind of schedule whenever you want and make it, uh, everything very consistent. But when you become a resident, things become a little bit more difficult because now you are actually in charge of patients. Um, you are employed, you're working, you're within your actual training years. And I don't know if you all have heard, you probably have, if you're listening to this podcast, but residency is tough. In my transitional year, there were certainly periods where it was very tough. So there were certain months that were much more difficult, where I wasn't able to record any episodes. And some months where it was a lot easier, where I was able to record several episodes. So it was a little bit inconsistent, but I tried to do the best of it that I could. But in uh, June of uh, 2022, I finished my intern year, which was the transitional year, which means um, I officially kind of am accredited doctor. And that also means during that year, I finished my step three of my licensing examinations, which means, like I said, I'm a fully accredited doctor. If I wanted to practice independently, I probably could with all those credentials, although this doesn't mean that you're credentialed within the field that you want to be. And that is why in June, I also moved to Wisconsin to further my training in physical medicine and rehabilitation. And with that comes a move out of Chicago, out of Illinois, which I've been in for my entire life. So that was kind of a big move. Um, didn't move too far to Wisconsin, just a state over, but I'm here now um, starting my training. So that kind of entire period was pretty challenging. Um, there's a lot going on life-wise. And right smack in between there was kind of the biggest event of 2022, which was my wedding. So I got married on June 25th in 2022. Obviously, that means there's a lot going on as far as planning before the wedding, um, kind of the move, the wedding itself. Um, it was a phenomenal weekend. I think it was the best weekend that I've had in my life. Really enjoyed it. So that was also that that happened in 2022. Um, some other things that happened, I guess, fitness-wise, because we kind of care about that here at the Preventive Medicine Podcast. Um, I competed in two powerlifting meets this year. Um, I actually hold the state record for the uh, deadlift in the 242-pound class, drug tested, of course, um, in the state of Illinois in the USP organization. So I got a state record. I'm pretty happy about that. It's 711 pounds, which is a pretty big deadlift for me. Probably could have gotten a little bit more. I think I was good for the mid sevens that day, but it was a really long day. It was really tiring. That final deadlift was at like 6 p.m. So 
Um, not going to say too much about it, but I had a good year as far as powerlifting goes. And that was probably my last meet for the next three to four years as I shift gears, try to um, get a little bit more conditioning focused, get back to some of the athletics and sports that I was playing back then. Um, I'm actually signed up for the Chicago Marathon in uh, 2023. So I have that to look forward to. So there's that as far as training goals, um, all that kind of stuff. Uh, so let's talk about the podcast and let's get back to some of these topics. So a year ahead um, for this podcast, for the Preventive Medicine Podcast, what do you have to expect? So like I said, I still am aiming for bi-monthly episodes. That means an episode every other week. Um, and I'm trying to make everything as high quality and as evidence-based as possible. Like I said, as we've gotten through 67 episodes, we've discussed a lot of topics out there. And it's pretty difficult to kind of um, talk evidence-based about one topic and keep it going. And the thing that I try to do is make sure that every guest I have is an expert. And by this point, we've discussed a lot of it. So it's getting challenging. And some of those niche episodes that I want to talk about that relate to prevention are pretty difficult to come by. Those guests are very busy. Like I said, they are world-renowned experts. So I only go after the best. I try to bring the best to you all. Hopefully, you can appreciate that. But that is the goal. Bi-monthly episodes. Stay tuned for that. And if you have any suggestions for any episodes, then I'm an open book. I am ready to kind of investigate. It has to be evidence-based. So if you send me something that's not evidence-based, likely will not get put on the show. But if you send me someone that has phenomenal information for a topic I haven't really touched that much, then trust me, I will go after it. And I will try to make sure that uh, they are an expert, they're able to speak on the topic, and we will get them on the show. So that's that as far as the podcast, your interview, and where we're going. So now let's start talking about New Year's goals. All right, New Year's resolutions, they are a hot topic. And what I'm learning now is that apparently only 20% of people actually set New Year's resolutions, which I thought would be a lot higher. I thought it'd be the other way. I thought that 80% of people are setting New Year's resolutions and 20% are not. Now, those numbers may be flawed. I saw them somewhere on Instagram. So like I said, not necessarily evidence-based, but what are your thoughts on New Year's resolutions? If you're watching this on YouTube, and if you don't know, every episode is released on YouTube in full, so you can see my face, whether or not you think it's worth looking at, that's up to you. But if you want to go comment on this YouTube video of whether or not you set New Year's resolutions and what that resolution is, then I want to hear from you. I want to hear about this. I did not know that this was a hot topic. But when it comes to health and fitness, a lot of people set a New Year's resolution to quote unquote, get healthy. And a lot of times what that means is to lose weight. People set number goals very often um, on New Year's. They say this year, I want to lose 20 pounds, 30 pounds, whatever it may be. So we're going to dive into that a little bit. Um, and first kind of, we're going to set the background with that when it comes to weight. Now, we are obsessed with weight in the United States. Um, and I don't know how much this is of a global um, kind of problem or issue. Um, if you are one of my foreign listeners that is not in the United States and you want to comment on this, then please go ahead and do so and let me know if your country is also obsessed with weight. But here in the States, we are obsessed with weight. If you go to kind of grocery stores, you'll see all the magazines with lose X pounds. If you scroll through Instagram, you'll see people posting lose X amount of pounds. We are obsessed with weight and people use weight as a surrogate term for health. Now, is that appropriate? Let's talk a little bit about obesity first. We want to take a quick break to remind you that this podcast is not intended for medical advice and is for educational and informational purposes only. We also want to remind you of our Instagram page at PreventPod, where we share various content relating to each episode that you can share with your friends if you enjoy our episode. And lastly, don't forget to sign up for our mailing list so you know right away when an episode goes up at www.thepreventivemedicinepodcast.com. And with that, let's get back into this episode and get there. So obesity is 
Um, pretty complex, but typically most people think about someone who's carrying excess weight as obesity. Now, real quick, the definition, um, as it's kind of been made throughout various episodes, especially influenced by our episode with Dr. Uh, Albert, um, go check that one out, is the health consequences of excess weight and how the body responds to excess weight. The Obesity Medicine Association describes it as a chronic progressive relapsing condition that is neurobehavioral in origin and has impacts on the psychological, functional biomechanic, and cardiometabolic health of an individual. Like I said, there's a lot going on with obesity, but for uh, layman's terms, most of us think of it as carrying too much weight. Now, uh, as far as obesity goes, the prevalence of it in 2017 um, until 2020 is about 42%, which means 42% of people just going around are obese. Um, that's pretty high, and it's been going up quite a bit. Um, it looks like between uh, 1999 and 2000 to that kind of 2022 period, um, the obesity prevalence has increased from 30.5% to 42%. Um, and during that same time, the prevalence of severe, severe obesity, defined as BMI, um, I believe over 40 off the top of my head, correct me if I'm wrong, um, went from 47 to 9.2%. Now, associated with that have been a lot of medical costs. Um, medical costs for adults who are obese um, are about $1,800 higher than for people of a healthy weight. And the medical cost of obesity in the United States is about $173 billion in 2019. And like I said, if you want to hear more about obesity, check out episode 35 with Dr. Mike Albert. We talk a lot about obesity there. We talk about definitions, what we can do about it, all that kind of stuff. So that's a great episode. But people think that obesity and health are synonymous as far as people who are obese are not healthy. And if you're healthy, you're not obese. They think of those kind of um, all in one bundle. And they think of excess weight as the sole cause of almost all disease. If you're obese, you're not healthy. If you're healthy, you're not obese. Now, this is reinforced everywhere we go. Like I said, when you go to a grocery store, you see the perfect quote unquote healthy person um, at a six pack. Um, there's SI swimsuit model, all this kind of stuff. So let's talk about what it actually means to be healthy. So is health the complete absence of all disease? Does it mean that you have a normal visual appearance? If you look at someone, you can say, oh, you're healthy. Is it someone you can point at someone and just be like, that person's probably healthy, that person's probably not? Does it mean that all your blood markers are within reference ranges? Does it mean it's your ability to participate in activities that you want to participate in? Does it mean no medications? Does it mean that your body weight is within a certain range? There are a lot of definitions of what it means to be healthy. And kind of the thought process behind asking all these questions is that it depends. And who does it depend on? You. You, the listener, are who determines what being healthy means to you because health can mean something very differently for everyone. I can ask 10 people in a room what it means to be healthy and everyone will say something different. Um, that is once you start expanding beyond kind of the base weight argument of being health. Now, um, let's talk a little and break these things down. As far as visual appearances go, a lot of people set their New Year's resolution to be um, better looking physically and have a better visual appearance, whether it's a six pack, um, have bigger biceps, whatever it is, people have visual goals. Now, when it comes to health, visual status doesn't really mean anything of how someone looks. Someone won't like, may look perfect. They may look like they're a bodybuilder stepping on stage. You'll see them, but internally they have a lot going on, aren't necessarily the most healthy. So there's a lot of different things when it comes to visual appearance, but it is generally a flawed way to think about health. Um, and then when it comes to body weight, 
those who are typically within a normal body weight are healthier. Yes, that is a fact. However, kind of the ranges of BMIs for what it means to be obese and healthy are pretty, uh, pretty diverse. Um, with all-cause mortality, cardiovascular mortality, and everything, the lowest between BMIs of 20 and 25, with the best being around 23. So there are some definite uh, areas where we could say, yes, this person is generally going to be healthier than someone else. But the risk starts going up after a BMI of 30, which is considered obese. Um, once you get close to that upper limit of BMI, like close to that 30, there is a significant risk of or prevalence of metabolic syndrome, which often, as I've talked about in previous episodes, it's kind of like the first domino that falls and goes down. Um, however, there are still instances of metabolic syndrome as what I call the first domino in those that have a normal weight or normal BMI. Um, and there was actually a review of over 13,000 individuals, which found that 17.27% of individuals um, still were diagnosed with metabolic syndrome, despite being in normal weight. Now, that's something we might not think about. We might say you're normal, probably have no metabolic issues or cardiometabolic issues going on, but that is simply not true. So being of a normal body weight doesn't necessarily mean that you are completely free of disease or quote unquote healthy. Um, and on the on, on the uh, contrary, there are actually people who are obese who are metabolically healthy. And this is between 10 and 30 percent of people um, based on a study that uh, classify under metabolically healthy obesity. So once again, not necessarily a good marker of being healthy. However, we can say if you are of a healthier BMI, you're more likely to be healthy. Um, there's a whole bunch of different things uh, regarding the different markers. I'm not going to go into all of them right now because this podcast would go on forever. But let's talk about nutrition and exercise because the most, the main way that we tackle health-related things or quote-unquote weight-related things, I'm using those terms interchangeably right now, is through nutrition and exercise. So we're going to talk a little bit about nutrition because most people think if they are going to start getting healthier, they need to dial back. They need to talk about nutrition. They need to start eating chicken and rice whatever it may be that's your staple meals, but they need to cut out carbs or fats or sugars and start eating healthier. However, there is a lot more when it comes to nutrition than what it comes to for weight loss. So when it comes to weight loss, what matters at the end of the day is being in a caloric deficit or being in a calorically balanced or controlled uh, eating manner based on your goals. So whether that's the gain weight over the new year, if you're trying to add muscle, if you're trying to lose weight, like what most people set their new year's resolutions for. However, there's a lot more to nutrition than that. And being simplified just down to weight loss is very simplistic when it comes to nutrition. So let's talk about it a little bit um, when it comes to what it means to eat healthy outside of the context of weight loss or weight. Um, in general, there's two main things that I want to talk about here, and these are independent of weight. Once again, these are completely independent of any sort of weight loss goal. And that is number one, those who consume a higher proportion of ultra processed foods, say, uh, in, in this, in the case of this study, it's greater than four servings daily, are independently associated with a 62% relative increased hazard for all-cause mortality. And each serving of ultra-processed food, in addition, uh, increased all-cause mortality by 18%. Now, like I said, this is independent of independent of weight. So let's say you have someone that is eating a calorically controlled diet. They're eating something that is going to either have them lose weight or have them maintain their weight. So let's say they're a BMI of 23, but they're still eating more than four servings of ultra processed foods. The study still holds because it's independent of weight. So you can't just say because I'm eating a calorically controlled diet that I'm eating quote unquote healthy. 
On the flip side of this, um, other meta-analyses support the theory that higher consumptions of fruit and vegetables is associated with a reduced risk of mortality from all causes and specifically cardiovascular disease. And it's decreased by 5% for each additional serving of fruits and vegetables um, by 6% for fruit consumption and about 5% for vegetable consumption. Once again, this is independent of weight. So let's say you are um, eating, uh, let's say your BMI is like 30 and you're eating vegetables, fruits, all that kind of stuff. This is independent of your weight and you're still reducing your chance for all-cause mortality and specifically cardiovascular death and disease. So those two combined, um, as far as New Year's resolution goes, the main goal should not be to kind of lose weight when it comes to that, as far as controlling calories, meaning you can't just eat Twinkies and Ho-Hos and all that to meet your weight loss goals, which is possible, but you should be focusing primarily on reducing your consumption of ultra-processed foods and the increasing consumption of fruits and vegetables. That should be the main goal when it comes to your nutrition in general. Now, let's talk about exercise. We've talked about nutrition. Now let's talk about the other P in the pod, which is exercise. Like I said, whenever it comes to New Year's resolutions of weight loss, people think about eating less and working out more. Simple, simple solution, right? You eat less and you work out more and you're going to lose weight. You're going to get your New Year's resolution. It's not that simple. So we just discussed nutrition, um, but now let's talk about exercise. And First and foremost, I'm going to state the basics of our physical activity guidelines, which is 150 minutes of moderate uh, intensity exercise or 75 minutes of vigorous physical activity per week um, can improve cardiovascular health. And on top of that, you have our uh, at least two days of full body resistance training. So that is a blanket uh, statement. It does not matter what any of the other conditions are. It doesn't matter what you're eating. It doesn't matter what your weight is. It doesn't matter what else is going on. If you were doing that, you were independently reducing your risk of cardiovascular disease and improving your health. Now, um, physical activity that meets both of these recommendations is related to substantially decreased mortality risk overall, according to a 2007 JAMA article. And adjusting for BMI had no appreciable effect on the risk estimates. So this means whether your BMI is 20 or it's 45, it does not matter. If you are exercising according to these guidelines, you are reducing your risk for all-cause mortality. Let's get that out of the way. So exercise, number one, is good for you. It doesn't matter what the context is. Everyone should be exercising, trying to at least maintain those guidelines. And another caveat to that, which we've talked about in other episodes, is that it doesn't matter even if you actually meet those guidelines, you're going to get benefit at any sort of interval, if whether you're exercising five minutes or you're going beyond those guidelines. So one of the interesting things that I kind of discussed in 2022 or learned in 2022 is that physical activity is not even good for weight loss to begin with. Um, if you listen to uh, Herman Ponzer or if you read his book, Burn, or if you look at a lot of studies done by Kevin Hall, who's huge in this kind of field of research, you learn that um, exercise is not good for weight loss because of the way our body adjusts and because of the way our body kind of adjusts our BMI, sorry, not our BMI, our BMR for exercise. Um, so it's not even good. And if you're interested in this, I highly suggest reading the book Burn by Herman Ponser. Um, Barbell Medicine actually had him on their show. So if you can find that episode, that is also a fascinating episode to listen to. So if you are trying to lose weight in the year of 2023 by heavily pushing exercise, you're probably not going to get that far with it. Um, so it's probably not the best. And instead, you need to focus your efforts on exercising for general health rather than using it for weight loss. 
Um, if you look at uh, improvements, so let's say you are starting to exercise. Let's see what improvements you're going to get outside of your weight. So in uh, a study of 2018 found that improvements in cardiometabolic health are found in people who engage in exercise with modest or even no weight loss. So this means that those who are exercising, let's say they're not losing weight. Let's say they're not be able, being able to meet their weight loss goals. They're still getting benefits. So there's not all of the benefit is loaded in weight loss. And that's what a lot of people think. There is still independent benefit when it comes to exercise as far as cardiometabolic health. Um, another study, which is an overview of 12 systematic reviews um, and 149 studies, shows that although the effect of weight and fat loss is a relatively small magnitude, the reduction of visceral fat is likely to enhance cardiometabolic health in patients. Um, importantly, visceral fat loss can occur even when participants experience small or no weight loss. And this does not provide evidence that exercise helps prevent weight regain after weight loss. Um, so what this means is that when you exercise, you might not lose any weight, but you still lose visceral fat and visceral fat has been shown in numerous studies to not necessarily be good for cardiometabolic health. Um, exercise training, um, also improves blood glucose, improves blood, blood cholesterol and vascular function to a similar extent as weight loss. So even if you're not losing weight, you're still getting a lot of those benefits. Um, essentially exercise is great. Um, there's no real, um, let's just say this another study. I have one more study here in my notes. I'm not trying not to belabor these notes because at that point I'll just be like, I'm just citing a bunch of things, which gets really boring. But this one's good. I'll do it. One last one is that the Journal of American Cardiology in 2018 published um, a study which found no observed mortality risk reductions associated with weight loss in individuals um, with coronary artery disease and reduced mortality risk associated with weight gain in individuals who were normal weight at baseline. Sustained physical activity, however, was associated with substantial risk reduction. So weight loss didn't help that much, but it looks like those who exercised and had sustained physical activity um, improved. So that is fascinating. Um, when it comes to relating it all together, those two peas in a pod, that exercise and nutrition, there are so many benefits to had for both outside of weight. So in 2023, can we please stop hyperfixating on weight? I know I did um, back in 2018, 2019 is when I kind of started making that shift in my mindset where I separated my weight and my health. And they aren't necessarily, um, sure, there are strong correlations in between, but just focusing on nutrition and exercise for the so sole purpose of controlling your weight leaves so much more on the table. And we should actually be reframing and thinking about it as a way to nourish and help our body and our health outside of weight. And in my experience, what I found is that that is actually a much better recipe for sustaining and adhering to physical activity rather than focusing on it for weight. Because once that weight loss goal is there, where's the motivation to continue? And if you're not losing weight, if it just isn't working out for whatever reason, you also have no motivation to continue. And we've seen that sustained um, focus and sustained physical activity is great for you in so many different ways. And adhering to a lower ultra processed food and higher diet of fruits and vegetables is also phenomenal for you. So whatever it takes in 2023, Let's try to make that mindset sh mindset shift that instead of eating and exercising for weight loss or for a specific weight goal, we are doing it for our health to nourish ourselves and to make ourselves better and able to participate in whatever it may be that you want to and meet your definition of health. Now, if you do want to reach some weight loss goal for whatever reason, let's say you're competing in a weight class, let's say you want to reduce some stress on your knees, which that's a whole nother topic for a whole nother podcast, or for whatever reason you want to lose weight, let's make that an independent goal and let's not tie that to exercise and nutrition. Now, 
I think that there is a lot to be had from a lot of the episodes that I had in 2022. So make sure you go listen to that. A lot of the topics that I discussed today, I have dove into um, in various episodes in 2022. So make sure to go check that out. This is going to be a great year. Um, as far as some of my favorite podcasts and some of my favorite recommendations for what else you should listen to to kind of bolster and support your 2023 goals are um, two articles actually by Barbell Madison. One is the beginning of prescription, which is for those who are just starting to get into resistance training training in general of what you can kind of uh, hope to expect or what you should be doing as a trainer. So go check out that uh, that article. I'll link it down below. And another Barbell Medicine article, which is where should my priorities be for health? Now, a lot of this I talked about in this episode. There's some couple other things that I've talked about in many other episodes. Um, so if you don't want to go listen to that, go read this article. It'll also be down below in the description. So that has been it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you got something out of it. Um, please, if you are watching this on YouTube, comment with your New Year's resolution. If you have one, what you think about New Year's resolutions. And if you're listening to this on uh, iTunes or on Spotify, then go find us on Instagram at PreventPod. Um, go find the post for this and go comment on that post, what your New Year's resolutions are, um, if you're going to meet them, or your thoughts on New Year's resolutions in general. Once again, thank you all so much for listening. This has been um, Dr. Raghav Sharma on the Preventive Medicine Podcast. Thank you so much. Have a great year. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Preventive Medicine Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and want to help us spread the message of prevention, first off, rate and review this podcast. Second off, you can find our content on our social media platforms at PreventPod. That's P-R-E-V-E-N-T-P-O-D. Thank you for listening and we'll see you in the next one.